0: you thanks so much for listening to the show this podcast is sponsored by made to move physical therapy and we believe that movement is medicine if you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals then go to made to move contact us that two is the number two Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. Welcome back, everyone, to the Healthy Charleston podcast. This is your host, Hannah Briel. And on today's episode, I am talking with Dr. Dennis Schimpf, owner and founder of Sweetgrass Plastic Surgery. So, obviously, we talked a lot about plastic surgery, what it consists of, what it is, what it isn't. We talked a lot about misconceptions about plastic surgery why Sweetgrass started opening fitness centers, the domino effect of confidence, Dr. Shimp's book, Finding Beauty, and we talked about managing realistic expectations. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back everyone to the Healthy Charleston podcast. Today I'm talking with Dr. Dennis Shimp, owner and founder of Sweetgrass Plastic Surgery. Welcome Dennis.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'd love to hear, just start a little bit more about your business. What is Sweetgrass?
1: Sure. Well, we started out uh, actually about nine years ago. Uh, I had been at MUSC for five years before that and had mainly just done reconstruction, uh, a lot of microsurgery, cancer reconstruction, that kind of stuff. Uh, I ended up completing an MBA degree in uh, 2013 at South Carolina and uh, went into private practice. And We opened our first office, was out in uh, Somerville, and as everyone knows, you know, that area has just exploded. So, oh, yeah. you know, we were really lucky that we, we just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And, uh, and now, you know, fast forward nine years or so, and we have uh, five offices, three operating centers. Uh, we have about 80 employees. Uh, we have three gyms or fitness centers that we've incorporated. And uh, it's really grown tremendously. We do uh, basically exclusively cosmetic surgery. Uh, and we do almost all those surgeries in our offices so we've sort of become a self-contained practice where we are able to offer almost everything that is imaginable in cosmetic surgery and aesthetic care and uh, i have two other plastic surgeons working for me that are great we have a bunch of uh, nurse practitioners and pas so we really have a good team and uh, you know i think it's important in charleston Everybody laughs, but people really don't want to go over bridges here too. Often. Oh my god. All the time. <laughs> so, I hear it all the time So, uh, you know, it's a little different model most places uh, You know, they have one office and everybody comes to that office. I just here I think it's it's crucial to be in all the all the markets and so we now actually have two offices in Somerville one at the new next in workplace and uh, It's a beautiful big you know, brand new office and then we're also in West Ashley about two miles from downtown and then Daniel Island has a spa and an office and an operating room, so we sort of have the three areas—you know, north, south, and inland—kind of contained. And so that's really helped us grow, and uh, our growth has been really um, pretty amazing. We're really lucky.
0: Yeah, nine years, you've grown a ton, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and all these people coming to Charleston, it's just oh yeah, you can't beat it for businesses.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I feel like you were in Somerville before it was cool.
1: Yeah, there wasn't much, you know, even just nine years ago. I mean, the, the last nine years, it's been crazy. And just the traffic getting down, you know, Main Street and, and that is just insane. And and now with the developments and, you know, going out there and Cane uh, Bay and all this, I mean, they're just crazy. You know, tens of thousands of homes. So that's really our market. Uh, it's funny, people see plastic surgery and see it on TV and you think it's the Kardashians or all these Great rich, rich people. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. So. But, um, it's really not. You know, our best customers are really um, just, you know, double income, usually hardworking folks, a lot of a lot of moms who've had kids and, you know, kind of want to get back to where they were before kids or as close as they can. And so that's really our core marketing um, target. And, you know, areas like Nextin are just ideal for that.
0: Yeah. I feel like a big area that people forget about that's so important is confidence. Yes. And people think plastic surgery is all about... Being shallow, or like you know, what Kardashians, what you yeah. see Kardashians, and then you know, Grey's Anatomy, honestly, kind of helped the perception of plastic surgery overall. Yes. But people get braces for yeah. very similar reasons. They get teeth whitening for very similar reasons. And right. then as soon as you talk about plastic surgery, you're like, oh, you're you're in plastics.
1: Yeah, I, I wrote a book that's actually coming out uh, second edition with Forbes this spring, yeah, and awesome. um, it it is actually all about that. It talks about you know, like anything. You walk into a store and you. You don't ask for, you know, the worst looking outfit. I mean, you try <laughs> to find the one that makes you look the best, right? Yeah. I and mean, you, you don't, you know, haircut, you want the best looking haircut. Um, you Most in general, you don't want something that looks bad. And, and you're right. And, and especially in the United States, I mean, that's where marketing has become such a huge thing. They, you know, put a beautiful woman and a, a good looking guy and a page and a fancy car and big smiles. And somehow they're saying, you know, you need to have this to get happiness. And mm. so with us, you know, what we try to do is match what's bothering somebody. And if it's, if it's safe and it's something that we can fix, you know, the rewards for those folks is really quite impressive. And we've had a lot of things where, you know, patients will come in and say, I, I shouldn't be here. I feel guilty. And, yeah. you know, I feel like I'm being selfish. But when you really look at it, if your self you know, confidence is low, you won't go to the pool with your kids. You won't go to the beach with your family. You know, there's a lot of things that you're not doing. So by getting some confidence, you're actually, you know, better for them, and it's not just for you. And uh, I think that's a huge thing. And you know, the other thing is, if you don't, you know, if you're only changing physical attributes, that's not necessarily going to lead to happiness. You know, you have to have that internal, internal feeling of, you know, feeling better about yourself, and that's what we try to do.
0: Mm, yeah, like without that confidence, you're just missing out on a lot of things. Yes. And being able to provide that for someone is huge. It's life changing.
1: It is. And, you know, there's a couple things that are really important. If somebody's considering plastic surgery, you know, I think you have to be realistic. Uh, you have to try to meet, you know, in the middle there with your surgeon of kind of what your desire is and what's what's obtainable. Um, biggest reason for unhappy patients is usually, you know, not realistic expectations. And it's either, you know, the, the surgeon, the patient or both who just kind of didn't meet on what was the goal. And, you know, once they have surgery, if they're unhappy, it's, it's, a, it's a headache, you know, for oh, us. Yeah. And so, you know, at this point, I don't, you know, I want to do everything we can to avoid that. So, you know, if it comes down to telling somebody you're just not a good candidate, then, you know, we need to do that. But um, so far, you know, overall, it's not, it's not normally a problem. But you do see folks who come in that they're just a little bit out of touch with what's attainable. And so we have and to be careful. Safe. And what's safe, yeah. Absolutely.
0: I feel like not managing expectations and not being safe is like what you see on TV, like in the shows like botched. Yes. And that's what's
1: dramatized too, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes. Um, but yeah, it's usually extreme. So, you know, the vast majority people come in with a simple issue. You know, they've had children, their you know stomach area or abdomen has been kind of stretched out. They have loose skin. The muscle has been stretched. They have a tummy tuck or abdominoplasty and they're super happy, you know, because they're not... They're not trying to be someone else or something else. They're just trying to get back to how they were, mm-hmm. and uh, and and we see a lot of folks now with their kids being grown, and it's kind of come around to a time where they have the money and they have the resources, and and they want to do something for themselves, and that's where we you know tend to see people be really happy.
0: I feel like nowadays people are understanding that self care is not selfish, right? And yeah. viewing taking care of yourself and doing something for yourself as it's huge. It affects everything around you. And if you feel good about yourself, if you have more energy, if you have more confidence, it spreads to everyone that you're around.
1: It does. And and it's, you know, paid back in the workplace. You know, if you're, if you're more confident and you're more outgoing or you, you just carry yourself with more confidence, those folks tend to be more successful in in the work world. And, you know, you brought up a good point earlier that there's been this taboo uh, idea that, that it's bad or that you're, there's something wrong. And I always joke a little bit, it's usually the people that are criticizing somebody that uh, are a little bit jealous, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of wish they had, they had done or could do something. And, um, you know, I think it's becoming better. Uh, I don't think it's as bad as it was a long time ago. And some of it's based on geography. I think the South is still very conservative and they don't want everybody necessarily knowing that they're doing something. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely getting uh, to a point where it's more acceptable. And, you know, I think these different social media platforms have really also brought this whole thing into another, you know, forefront oh, man. Um, yeah. with filters and, and kids and, you know, t- young teenagers and stuff. So I think there, it's just, it touches on a huge amount of uh, stuff that just, you know, is always changing. And uh, that's the one thing, you know, with the kids and that, I think you really have to be careful of what they do and what they're seeing. And how it affects their self-confidence when they don't mm-hmm. look a certain way ironically it's not the surgery or the procedures it's actually looking at these folks in the media mm-hmm. and they feel bad or they feel they you know they feel uncomfortable or they're kind of you know digging themselves into a hole because they just don't feel good about themselves
0: how do you handle when a client does have unrealistic expectations or they're just they're never satisfied
1: yeah it's hard it two really two different things if they're upfront, don't have you know, a reasonable understanding. Then, then, obviously, we tell them this. You know, this probably isn't for you. And uh, if they're never satisfied and they've had stuff done, that's that's a trickier thing. You mm-hmm. know, once they have one thing done, it's just never good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a hard thing. That's like chasing a you know kind of a dream type mm-hmm. thing. Uh, you know, our biggest thing is customer satisfaction. We'll stick with folks. I tell them, you know, I can't guarantee you're going to be happy, uh, but I can guarantee you. That will do whatever it takes to make you happy, eventually, Mm -hmm. if if need be, and so that's what we try to do.
0: What does that look like if it if they do plastic surgery and it doesn't make them happy?
1: Right. It it depends on why, really. If it's something, um, you know, if they had trouble healing or they have a widened scar or there's issues like that, then there are a bunch of things that we can do to help that. Um, If somebody comes in and they can tell me why there's an issue, Mm -hmm. we can usually help. Yeah. When somebody comes in and just says, I'm unhappy, all of it, you know, that, or just like when they come in and Mm. say, well, you know, I want to do something about my face. And I'll say like, what? Well, they'll say just all of it. I'm (laughs) like, well, that that doesn't really work. And a lot of them will come in and say, well, you're the, you're the surgeon. You tell me what I need. And and Mm. that's another thing that we really shy away from. I tell folks, you know, we're, we're our own worst, you know, critic at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. And what, how you see yourself is way different than how I may see you. And Mm you know, I could fix five or six things about you, but if it's the seventh thing that actually bothers you, then it doesn't matter. So, you know, I I really tell folks, you have to kind of know what bothers you, what you're really trying to fix. And that way we have, we have a goal that we can focus on.
0: Yeah. Like what matters is your perception. That's where self-confidence comes from.
1: Yeah. And and folks will come in and and a lot of times it's as simple as telling them, you don't have a problem because, <laughs> mm. you know, they'll come in and with their, no- like, noses are big or different things on their face and say, oh, I hate my nose. And I'm like, well, you actually have a really good nose. Mm-hmm. Like, most people would want that, you know, but, or they'll say, well, this one little thing somewhere mm-hmm. that, like, nobody's seeing that.
0: Oh, my like, God. It, to it, hear it, that from yeah. a plastic surgery, right. <laughs> you would feel amazing walking well, out. Well,
1: I tell people, like, the, the truth is everybody's too busy, <laughs> like, with themselves <laughs> and everything else. Right. Like, they're not looking at that Oof. little bump or whatever it is on your body. So... Yeah. Um, but it is I think with phones you know all this stuff of seeing yourself so much that it's it causes a kind of a complex for people
0: I didn't even think about it like that and now with with zoom you're yeah, just staring at
1: yourself all the time And we, we've had a lot of patients come in um, kind of that 50 to maybe 60 65 year olds especially women who say that they're like God, I didn't know I looked like that until I'm you know on a call. Yeah. I mean, Zoom's not doing you any favors. No, I mean it's not like it's, well, it's like, like this I, lighting yeah, too, lighting and, and that's what age is about—wrinkles, a lot of it, and, and shadowing of light. So things like Zoom make it look worse. But yeah. it is funny. A lot of folks said, "I didn't know I, I want to look like better that. for Zoom." Right. <laughs>
0: well, and if you watch a recording, it's flipped, and we're we don't ever see ourselves flipped. Right. We're like if we do, we're so used to looking in the mirror. Sometimes, if you see a picture of yourself, you're like. Is that yeah. what I look like? Yeah. But then, I don't know if you've ever looked at someone else in the mirror. Uh-huh. You're like, I don't see that uh, yeah, version, right, yeah. but that's what you see all the time.
1: Right. It's definitely different. But uh, yeah, this whole you know pandemic thing and being at home has definitely really made people even more aware of how they look.
0: Mm. Yeah. What have you seen in that regard?
1: Um, just in terms of... We saw a lot, actually, an increase in business because folks were off and they didn't have to go to work, so they could do procedures. Ooh, yeah, uh, a lot of them were wearing masks, obviously, for long periods of time, so they didn't—they were kind of covered anyway. And I think a lot of it was too; they just weren't spending money because they couldn't go anywhere. So they had a little bit more money uh, if they—if their jobs weren't affected by the the whole pandemic. Then I think, you know, they weren't going on vacations and they weren't doing things like that. So it became really a good time for a lot of folks to do something that they had been wanting to do.
0: I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, someone said to me concierge medicine or like this version of medicine is, is going to go, it's going to be the first thing to go. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, no, it's not, but it, it has been the opposite. Like yeah. people want individualized, people want personalized, people want self care. They want wellness, they want yep. fitness. It, we've seen this big push more people are joining gyms, more people yeah. are realizing that this stuff is out there and this stuff matters.
1: Yes, 100%. And, that, and that's how we we got into sort of the, the fitness world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started opening fitness centers that were attached or, or within proximity of our, our offices that we operate at. And the sole purpose was to try to get patients in there, um, get them working out before surgery, optimize, hopefully their outcome, and then help them maintain that. mm mm-hmm. And, uh, what we were seeing was a lot of folks would come in and say, I can't lose weight. You know, the average woman's intimidated. They're not going to go into gold's gym or somewhere, especially if they don't know how to use the machines. And there's all these other, you know, issues that they're worried about and how they look and that stuff. So that's why we started doing this. And, um, it's been good. You know, we also, our our employees use it, um. And if you're not having surgery, you can still join. And we just mm-hmm. have you get a gift certificate to basically cover your membership. And they end up using that for like Botox or something anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're going to spend the money anyway. And now they get a membership to a gym. And yeah, we, um, we're we in the process of opening them kind of in different locations. The next one's open now. Okay. Uh, we're opening the one here
0: mm-hmm. on Daniel Island
1: and then also uh, over in West Ashley. So, you know, again, trying to have all three of the areas covered and, mm-hmm. and hopefully uh, – you know, folks continue to use it. It's, it's been good. It's been really good, actually.
0: Yeah, what does that process look like? Like, is there a protocol what they're supposed to do in the gym?
1: Well, uh, our lead trainer, Heather Black. Uh, oh, actually, yeah. yeah she's we all great. know the, one, knows the name Heather, Heather, Heather Black. Yeah, she's awesome. That's awesome. Um, she's actually made some programs for people based on what procedures they've had done. Mm-hmm. That was another problem that we would see after surgery. You know, they'd come in week or two, three weeks. Well, what can I do? When can I go mm-hmm. to the gym? What exercise? And I'm it's just hard to sit in a room and say, well, you, you know, I can't think of everything that you yeah. can or cannot do. So uh, she came up with some, you know, good programs. And, and that's why ideally we'd like to get them in before the surgery so that they, you know, get comfortable with the range of motion and the movements and stuff. And then it's a lot easier to get back into that after surgery.
0: Yeah, they've already had that foundation. Yeah, and they,
1: it's not like they're trying to learn while they're recovering. Yeah. So,
0: What drew you to plastic surgery?
1: Uh, I actually did general surgery first. I, I went through at one point or another almost every specialty of surgery. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do uh, neurosurgery at one point, then trauma surgery. And you chose all
0: the hard ones. I know, right? Oh, yeah. Man. I guess all of surgery is yeah. probably pretty difficult.
1: But in the end, um, you know, plastic surgery really is the last <laughs> specialty that operates on the whole body. So you know, we do everything from children to cancer reconstruction. You know, cleft lips and palates hand surgery, face trauma, um, every part of the body, basically. Mm-hmm. So it really was kind of the last specialty that you could do that. And uh, and I just enjoyed the reconstruction stuff initially, and that's what drove me to it. Uh, and then obviously, as you get more experience, you kind of transition more into cosmetic and aesthetic.
0: Yeah. What was that transition like, and what kind of started it?
1: Yeah. Well, when uh, once I went a private, <coughs> private practice, uh, it's pretty hard to do that solely on reconstruction because you're in the hospitals and mm. you're doing stuff and the reimbursement is, is not you know great from insurance and um it's a hard transition because on one hand everybody thinks it's like glamorous mm-hmm. and it's great but you know the level of expectations and the um patients hmm. get more difficult for sure yeah. you know if you're somebody that's in a bad accident and we're doing reconstruction there's they're extremely grateful, you know, they're not worried about the scars or whatever, or if they've had a a terrible case of some kind of cancer that required some bigger procedure and we do that reconstruction, they're, they're happy Mm -hmm. to be alive. Yeah. Um, When you get into cosmetic and people are paying out of pocket,
0: it's
1: uh, elective, it's it's cash-based and there's a lot of things that we can't control, scarring Mm -hmm. and healing and scar tissue and, you know, things like that. Um, it's tricky. So it's definitely a trickier uh, sort of – it's a little trickier to navigate initially. And I think as time goes on and you get more experience, it becomes a little easier.
0: Yeah. I mean, they have something that they, they want to look like this.
1: Yeah. And everybody has a friend who had the best result ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, oh, I know this <laughs> one person who had this. And it's just, you know, that I just – it doesn't compare. You know, mm. I, there's no comparison from one human being or mm-hmm. body to another. So – you know, and every surgery has a complication risk, and that it's like anything. You know, they read the consents, they read the risk, they know the complications that can occur. At least they acknowledge they know that. Mm-hmm. But there's just human nature, and that is, you don't think it's going to happen to you, like we all don't. I mean, I don't. You know, like I guess that's good. Otherwise, you wouldn't get on I twenty six because you know oh you think you to get run over or something. Jeez. But yeah. Uh, but I think you know the reality is it does happen, and when it happens to you, it's a hundred percent in your mm-hmm. mind. You know, so. It's, it's just part of what comes with medicine and surgery.
0: Yeah, it's like there. It's always harder because now you're not just trying to like preserve their life and their ability to function. Right. They're choosing. This is elective. They want to. They want this done. They want to look this way. They get to be in charge. So yep. just like the expectations there yep. are way different, and a lot of like especially. Trauma victims, like they don't have a choice. You're just, right. it happens. Yeah, right. And then they come out and they're like, oh, well, thanks for doing that.
1: <laughs> thanks for that. Help. <laughs>
0: yeah, appreciate that.
1: Yeah, the cosmetic area, it's, um, you know, and it gets into the mental, psychological part of it. And you know, are they doing this to try to feel better or to, to, you know, fix some shortcoming that they have in their life or their social life or their job or whatever? And so if that's the case, then when they actually do the surgery, no matter how well it turns out, it may, it's not going to fix the other issues. And so then they're disappointed and, you know, and then I think they become very hypercritical of what they've had done oh, because man. they still feel that that's, that's the issue. And it's usually
0: not. Yeah. Do you have people that come in and they, they bring, this is what I want to look like. Yeah.
1: Like a yeah. phone
0: magazine. Phone, yeah. Or... Everybody.
1: Yeah. And especially now with the phones and, you know, mobile devices, they pull up all
0: kinds of pictures that are just like, can you make me look like I have this filter on me at all times? (laughs) (laughs) You do have spray tan. Yeah. Now we do have spray tan. So honestly, (laughs) we're trying to, we're trying
1: to improve our filter quality. Uh, But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting field and, you know, it's evolving. Um, Technology is really improving Mm. the machines that we have and different types of fillers and Botox, um, different things that are, you know, there's more of them on the market. There's more, you know, just kind of research going into all these things because there is more and more emphasis and more people doing it.
0: I hear of Botox parties.
1: Yes. thing? Yeah, it is. Yeah. We, we, uh, we do <laughs> a few of them. We've gotten out of them a little bit because you probably could do one almost every night if they really oh my try gosh. to. It's but, like
0: the but, new Mary Kay or like Pampered Chef. Yes. The Botox I,
1: party. Everybody has, you know, folks over and they have food and drinks and get Botox.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you might know the answer to this. Does Jennifer Anderson have plastic <laughs> surgery? Has she had it done?
1: I, I honestly don't know. I, I used yes, to, I did a few, right? I, Yeah, I mean, am sure she's had, you know, <laughs> I don't know about, well, I guess there was some talk she had a breast augmentation, and that's probably, you know, provable or not, I yeah. mentioned from before pictures. Um, I used to do that for, the, I think it was Radar Online, they would send us pictures, and you'd write, like, what you thought they had done. And no
0: way. Yeah, that's it was pretty awesome.
1: interesting. Uh, but yeah, for I mean, I'm sure she's had Botox, she's had some fillers because you know, the volume of her face is not really aged, and she... Yeah, she hasn't her aged. And, uh, uh, the uh, what's the other lady's name? That... Demi Moore. No, uh, that's with Ben Affleck.
0: Oh, J Lo. Lopez, yeah. Oh, what? She's with Ben Affleck.
1: She's back, right? Am I not right?
0: <laughs> I, I think not. That. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean J Lo. You almost made me
1: feel really old. No,
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> J Lo I mean, is like at least fifty, right?
1: She's in her early fifties, and pictures of her. are, I mean, she's amazing. Like some, of, yeah. I mean, a lot of that's genetics too. But you know, eh, I don't know. Sure. Yeah, i don't know
0: okay kim Kim kardashian's butt
1: yeah they 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 had something done i don't know you know there's there's a couple ways to do that if you don't have a lot of fat there's different um, sculpture and things that you can inject and you know the thing that folks have to remember too is they have endless i guess Mm -hmm. endless resources and they have time so you you know you don't see them for two years and then you see them and it's Mm. like or they don't have photos or whatever you know Oh, like,
0: Chloe looks like a different human now.
1: Totally different person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So they're, I mean, they're all doing something, uh, I'm sure. But, you know, again, if that's, you know, they're doing it for their their brand. For for, You know. Yeah. Attention, basically. And it's working because we're sitting here talking about it. You're (laughs) so right. There you go.
0: Tell me more about, like, some of the success stories or, like, I'm sure you you get to see, we've talked a little bit about, like, some negatives, but, like, the life-changing aspect of it, the, like the pride that they feel, the self-confidence that they feel.
1: Yeah. That's usually, um, we see a lot of that in folks who've lost a lot of weight and then Mm -hmm. have all that excess skin. And so for them, it is kind of a journey and they've gone from being usually normal size to obese and then had surgery to lose the weight. And after that, they have all this excess skin and Mm -hmm. tissue. And so a lot of them say, you know, I still see myself as being big and those folks, uh, when they have that skin removed and they end up with, you know, significant scarring and all that, they're usually very, very happy. And just, it, it, you see them get to a whole new level of activity and just confidence, and um, those are probably our biggest, you know, success stories, if you will. Um, yeah. But we see, you know, 25, 30-year-old woman who's, you know, always had smaller breasts, can't fit in clothing, can't wear a bathing suit, has always been picked on or whatever, felt... Mm-hmm you know, simple breast augmentation and, and not, not that it's anything crazy in terms, but just a normal size breast. And it's amazing how much that impacts their life that Mm -hmm. they can then wear clothing and bathing suits. And especially when you see girls who have significant, um, asymmetry or size Mm -hmm. difference, you know, see a lot of, you know, kind of the 20 year old range where it's just, they've been, you know, so internally like just beaten down by that, and beating themselves down. That when they finally get to where they they have some symmetry and they have you know shape and size that they're happy with, it's just crazy how you know good it makes them feel, and it's great.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. like how long have you been only thinking about? this asymmetry or this flaw that you feel like you have. And then if you don't have that flaw anymore, like what can you think about now? <laughs> what can you do now with all yeah, of this, finally, like this yeah. energy and this time? And finally, right. Cause it's just eating you alive. For, and it just sucks. Like, especially yeah. like you said, with yeah. social media, middle school girls, like the, yeah, what a combo. That,
1: yeah. I feel terrible. That's probably one of the groups that I feel the worst, you know, sort of most sympathy for because it is, I, you know, especially to be around a bunch of other girls and women that, in that age that, mm-hmm. you know, don't have that issue and are wearing all these different things and they're kind of, you know, hit, hiding themselves. And it's it's very sad. Do you have kids? Seven.
0: You have seven kids? I do. Yeah, I do. What? Yeah. That's not what I expected yeah, you to yeah, say. Yeah,
1: it's six and adopted one. Okay,
0: so girls, boys? Four girls, three boys. Okay, yeah. have they gone through middle school yet?
1: Yeah, um, two of them are in college. Okay. And a bunch of them in high school.
0: So, yeah, yeah, so you had to experience... Yeah, they, it was that. always
1: interesting because they would always, you know, ask, que- not questions, but they mm. kind of make fun of me and stuff because they, I think to, to know that your dad does that is kind mm-hmm. of funny when everybody else talks about it or it's what they see. And so yeah. um, my one daughter watched every episode of Grey's Anatomy for all yeah. of the years. Like she watched an episode. Oh, she's still going night. then. Yeah, yeah, every night she was watching it. It so just we, won't die. Yeah, no, it's not, <laughs> I couldn't believe it's still going. I know. Going. They've killed off most everyone, but I think it's still going. Yeah. So uh, it's always fun to talk with them, and you know they they watch the Kardashians, and mm-hmm. they're always joking about that stuff. So it's you know it's, it's entertaining.
0: Any of them interested in following the path?
1: I don't think so. No, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. Uh,
0: like out of seven kids, I know, none I, of them wanted to. No,
1: no, they're too smart for that.
0: I think. Oh, well, whatever. You talked about it a little bit already, but can we dive into like some of the misconceptions? about plastic surgery, some of the misconceptions about like plastic surgeon, mm-hmm. like have you gotten insulted or like, what is your, I don't know. I feel like there's some people that yeah have certain beliefs about different kind of doctors. Have you ever yeah. felt that?
1: No, like, I, I really haven't. Um, you know, I mean, usually folks will laugh or something or say, you know, like when, Cause I always tell people I'm like, I'm not a real doctor anymore. <laughs> like I used to practice real medicine, but, um, you know, so, but no, I think, especially now with social media, with all the things, I think it's just more questions than anything. Mm. Cause you know, as soon as you say that, or if somebody asked me, um, uh, you know, I was getting my hair cut this morning and the lady said, do you have an office here on the island? I said, yes. Mm-hmm. You so she asked what I did. I told mm-hmm. her and she's like, Oh, I got, you know, can I ask you something? She had oh, three, three questions about, yeah. you know, something. So, which is, which is great. You know, it just. Increases kind of you know knowledge to people and hopefully, yeah, hopefully helps dispel some of the, you know earlier things that were around for years with it. Yeah, Um, you know I think it went through a period, especially maybe in the '90s, of you know women were getting ridiculously big breasts and they were getting things that were just not you know what kind of probably made us look bad because Mm. it just you know wasn't necessarily what was in their best interest or appropriate. And a lot of those women now are getting them taken out. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so. I think if you practice it in a reasonable manner, and you know, I think it's you know good. I mean, I think it helps a lot of people. It helps a lot more than it than it doesn't, for sure.
0: Oh yeah, I think uh, the the bad people in the profession or like the bad cases always make the reputation. You know, well, it's like
1: anything. You know, the new the, obviously the you know the more kind of crazy the story, the more newsworthy it is. You know, nobody wants to hear about boring or straightforward cases or you know stuff like that. So. I think that's always the case, um, but it's still because there's so many outlets now and social media and that. I think it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to get more information out, yeah. and so the more that's out there, the more I think it, it helps kind of right the ship to more reasonable and realistic.
0: Yeah, like you aren't alone and feeling this way. Yeah, it's yeah. normal to want to look this way, and just yeah. like more awareness, this isn't dangerous. Right. You are a real doctor, right. if you don't want <laughs> yourself one, well, then
1: people start asking you medical questions. Like, oh, and then oh, you're I like, like, I don't want to. I don't I even for my children half the things they ask me. So I don't, I'm, but yeah, it's 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 more information and and more readily available mm-hmm. that information is and. And the more that we, as a profession in medicine and in plastic surgery, the more that we do to try to make sure that information is real and educational, and not, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, not real. um, The more trustworthy it is, the better that it is. The more informed a patient is, the more educated with real data, the better off we are, and the better off they're.
0: Yeah, and the more normalized it is, and I think, like, we all want to we all admit that we want to go to the gym to look better and to feel better. But like you said, some people feel guilty. Some people feel like they don't want people to know that they care what they look like. I'm like, we all care what we look
1: like. Yes. And the two biggest things that I hear, like I said, the one was that I shouldn't be, I hear it all the time from, especially moms, you know, I shouldn't be here. I I shouldn't, you know, this, I shouldn't be doing this. It's wasting time, money. I shouldn't care. Um, And then the other one is that, you know, the significant other will always say, Well, I love you the way you are, you look great the way you are. And it's, I had a psychology friend who I talked to about this one time, and he said, Well, that's easy. Men think everything's about them. So, you know, they look at it like she's doing that because, you know, me. Yeah, or, you know, and somehow you telling her she doesn't have to. When in reality, she's doing it for herself. But mm-hmm. She's felt uncomfortable wearing a bathing suit, or she's been unable to go to the pool, or she's, you know. And so, um, you know, I, I wrote a lot about that in the book because that really helps. And we give a copy to women before they have surgery, and a lot of them do read it. And they come back and say, yeah, that really, like I connected um, Mm -hmm. with each chapter has an example of a patient, you know, trying to cover kind of the breadth of what we normally see, 12 or 13 of them, chapters there. And um, a lot of them relate to, you know, who we see every day.
0: What is your book called?
1: Uh, Finding Beauty. Oh, I love that. And it's out? uh, It's out originally, and then I just redid it. Okay. um, And now it's going to be a hardback and published on Forbes. um,
0: Oh, cool. When? Uh,
1: We were delayed because it was supposed to be in February. um, I think the middle of March or April. COVID, the old COVID delay? I believe April now.
0: Yeah. So you have... Five locations? Yes, five
1: okay. offices, yeah. Okay.
0: What so, is it like to be a client? If you're interested, how do you get in contact? What's that process like?
1: Yeah, the easiest is you can go to the website and set up an appointment, uh, put in your contact information, or just call us. Um, you know, we have uh, availability, you know, really, we have a, either a doctor or your know, mid level <laughs> providers at every location every day for the most part. So, um, pretty easy to, you know, get something set up at some point. This time of year is the busiest time of year. March is always kind of the biggest, busiest month. March, mm-hmm. April, because of summer, spring, summer coming mm-hmm. in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and our comp, you know our consults are complimentary for surgery, so uh, it's always better to come in and talk to somebody, mm-hmm. even if you're even if you're unsure. Um, you know, I hear a lot from people coming in. Like I said earlier, you know, their friend told them or their sister told them this or some you know, their aunt. You know, I. Always joke about that in the book, and I'm like, well, "What is your aunt doing?" She's, like, she's a florist. I'm like, well, "I don't know that that really <laughs> makes sense. Know. I don't know that she's." <laughs> yeah. I don't. So, but again, you know, people have one experience, and they mm-hmm. that translates to you know kind of gospel truth in their mind. So yeah. So yeah, just come in and see us. We'd love to you know sit with you and go over things, and hopefully find out uh, what's bothering you, what we can do about it.
0: So obviously, you're really into. Like developing the customer experience and improving it, which is why yes. you know you created Loopit. Yes, how have you changed your customer experience and improved that in the last nine years?
1: Well, I think we've we've really by doing these, you know, using these tools like Loopit, we're we're just collecting data and getting feedback about things. And a lot of times, it's things that I may not have seen. You know, maybe mm-hmm. an issue with getting into an office, or there's a problem with you know a front desk person, or something. Scheduling scheduling is probably the biggest. We, um, you know, because we use a third party Mm -hmm. scheduler to help with how many calls and stuff we have. So that can sometimes be difficult, but, um, you know, we try to make the appointments an adequate time so that people aren't rushed, but also we're not wasting their time. Um, and we tell people, you know, if you're coming in for a new patient, you're going to be here for about an hour, Mm -hmm. you know, so you want to kind of build that expectation ahead of time so that, you know, 20 minutes into it, they're not, why, why am I not done yet, or you know, whatever? Um, and we've really just tried to offer more and more services. I think that's you know trying to make the experience better by having a wider range of stuff that we can provide for our patients. And you know, it's always that that business saying that you know twenty percent of your kind of customers make up eighty percent of your business, and mm-hmm. that's true. You know, I think, and and the existing customers really tend to be the ones that drive the business, you know, come back for our business. Cause they come back and come back and come back. And it's a lot easier for us to get an existing customer to want to do something mm-hmm. as opposed to much more expensive to go out and get a whole new, you know, customer acquisition cost is much higher in that, mm-hmm. that regard. So, um, uh, so that we try to just really try to keep people happy and it's, you know, yeah. sometimes you can't do that, but we try.
0: Yeah. Keep making them happy and keep like providing them value.
1: And being fair, you know, I, we always, I always said, you know, we'll, we'll never be the cheapest, but we don't want to be the most expensive. I mean, I want it to be affordable for people, mm-hmm. and you know, I want folks who really need it and want it to be able to do it.
0: Yeah, in terms of cheap, like being cash based, also as well, I and mean, yeah, you're like, you wouldn't want the cheapest medicine, you wouldn't want the cheapest no. healthcare. No, and,
1: and and vice versa, you know, just because you pay twice as the you know twice the going rate, you're not there's there's only really you know. One way, if or I guess, two ways to do a breast augmentation is that you're going to get the huh. same implants. You're going to get basically the same procedure. Yeah, what do they fill with gold? Yeah, I mean, it's just you know. Um, so we try to be mindful of that and and hopefully, you know, be available to to most people.
0: As you've grown across like the greater Charleston area, what has that been like as a leader? Because you have all these like little tribes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. How do you manage that this big team?
1: You know, it's 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 a challenge. Um, you know, I think we have a really good team of people, um, especially at you know the higher level that 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 have helped and you know have a lot of experience. Uh, one of our biggest challenges right now is is just getting workers, like everyone, you yeah. know, getting front desk folks, and it's just hard. It really is hard. And I'm I always laugh, you know, like everybody. I'm not sure where everyone went, but they, right. you, know, they're not, <laughs> you know we'll we'll uh, we'll put out an opening and we'll get a lot of applications, but they're just they're not they're not really good fits or mm-hmm. they don't end up even showing up to the interviews and stuff so oh, it's, just man. A, yeah. it's just a different time and um, hopefully that changes soon
0: we you also want to find the right person
1: yeah and once we have them we definitely want to keep them mm-hmm. you know so that's another thing we try to try to do things to keep them happy as well uh, turnover is expensive and it's disruptive um, but we honestly could op- probably open a couple more offices if we had more people
0: Wow you know?
1: You know, more, yeah yeah uh, we're looking at maybe in North Mount Pleasant and looking mm-hmm. at, you know, a couple different areas. Uh, but uh, it's just so hard right now to get workers. You know?
0: it's like a ton of people are coming to Charleston, but it's yeah. a ton of customers. Yeah. And then Ironically. you're bottlenecked <laughs> right. and you're like, this is great, yeah. but I don't know who's going to serve right. you.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, <laughs>
0: it's a good problem. but it is. It's, it's a
1: unique one for sure.
0: Yeah. Especially post pandemic. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So I'm hoping we get back to some semblance of normalcy.
0: Yeah what is one thing that you wish people knew or understood better about what you do and about sweetgrass?
1: Um, I think really the best thing that you can know is that we're we're committed to doing whatever it takes to make you happy. I mean, and that's a very general, you know, generic statement, but it, it really ties to everything that we do. And so surgery is a risk and the risk is extremely low, but it is a risk. And so, you have to be with someone in a practice that they're willing to stand behind what they do and they're willing to do whatever it takes. And, you know, and that's our biggest thing, I think, just telling them, I'll do whatever it takes to make you happy.
0: And where can our listeners find you in your practice? Uh,
1: sweetgrassplasticsurgery.com is probably the easiest. And then uh, 843-471-1135 is our general number.
0: And you're on the gram. You're on yeah, all the oh social yeah, media. He yep. forgot. Yep, yep, yep. I
1: forgot about that. So I am old. I forgot about that. Earlier. You're
0: not old. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. chef This has been great, everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.